Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Cannot start Friday in any better fashion than to talk to Grant Nisbet, the voice of rugby, particularly with such a big rugby weekend coming up over the weekend. The All Blacks, of course, have got the late game uh, against the Pumas at Suncorp Stadium. Prior to that, that's the Wallabies and the Springboks game two. Uh, Fantastic results uh, last weekend. And, of course, we've got the NPC and uh, one FPC game uh, coming up over the weekend as well. So rugby fans, your prayers have been answered and uh, Grant Nisbet joins us here. Nisbo, good morning to you. G'day, Smithy. All right there. Yeah, good, mate. Very good. Good on you, right. Okay, let's look at, uh, first of all, the All Blacks. Um, It was always going to be the case. They had to uh, rest, rotate and uh, be a bit more selective in terms of what's coming up more so than perhaps tomorrow. Did you... Did you expect that and you're happy with the side? Yeah, look, I am given the way the Pumas played last week. I mean, if the Pumas had been more competitive and had actually asked us a few questions, then maybe we wouldn't have made wholesale changes. But really, they weren't in it last week. They were awful. I don't know what's happened, really. I mean, when you consider just less than a year ago, they beat us in Sydney. Admittedly, we went back and beat them quite handsomely in Newcastle, but... I can't see any progress at the moment in the way Argentina are playing. So, look, if they'd been a little more competitive last week, I think the All Black selectors may well have, uh, you know, thought long and hard before they made significant changes. But because the Pumas didn't front last week, uh, they can afford to be a little more expansive. And, and also, of course, they've got a very deep squad over there in Australia. And so that, you know, you, you can't take blokes on tour for three months and not give them... Uh, some game time, and so from that point of view, they would have looked at, uh, they would have looked, before they even left the shores of New Zealand, they would have looked at the particular games where they would need their top 15 on the park, and uh, Mm. they would have looked at some of the games where they didn't need their top 15 on the park, and I think tomorrow is one of those games, so it's a great opportunity for uh, some of these blokes who haven't had much time on the field. Uh, Nisbo, um, it started uh, this season, the international season started against uh, Tonga, of course, with that 102-0 hiding. Uh, as it's got through to this point, are you uh, happy with the progress uh, in the direction that it's heading, the, the squad? Yeah, look, I am, Smithy. I, I think, uh, you know, when you consider the players who are not currently in Australia, and, you know, we're talking significant players, uh, blokes like uh, Sam Kane and Sam Whitelock and... Aaron Smith and Dane Coles and, you know, there might be one or two others I've left out there. But when you consider they're not there and we're still playing pretty damn well as we did in, um, you know, as we did in Perth and as we did last week, I'm, I'm very happy with the depth. We've always said there's great depth. I mean, there's always, 
weeping and gnashing of teeth when players say they're going overseas to play in Japan or whatever. I always say, look, let them go. Let them go. Let's forget them. And um, because we've got so many guys knocking on the door, and that's proven. You know, we've got blokes um, who, who, who are probably never going to be all blacks who would be who would be internationals in any other country. So, look, I'm really happy with the way things are going and the way we're playing our footy too. And it was a real contrast last week, I thought. You know, the Wallabies and the All Blacks tried to play a bit of footy. The Springboks and the Argentinians were so damn negative and it was reflected in their results. McKenzie at, back at 10. I, I, I didn't realise that. I read some stats uh, yesterday about Damien McKenzie. He's only ever started at 10 once before for the All Blacks. So I, I would have uh, lost a, sh- a couple of sherbets on that. So his second start at 10. Yeah, look, I, I've got no problem with that at all. I mean, he's, we know that he's a multi-talented player. He's known better as a fullback these days. Uh, we know that. The Chiefs tried him a few times at first five, and um, and uh, because they probably didn't have a, a better fullback, they had to put him back there, and they covered ten quite easily. But look, he is a multi-talented player, and I and I, and I think he played a lot of ten when he was a schoolboy. Um, so it's not a position that is foreign to him. And uh, look, I, I think he's got all the skills required. They really had no option, let's be honest, because Moonga, even though he's over in Australia, is not available to play this weekend. And, of course, Bowden Barrett obviously did a little tweak of the hamstring, and even though he's in the reserves, I'd, I'd imagine if they're comfortable, they won't get Barrett on the field at all because he might be needed the following week. So, look, I've no problem at all with McKenzie at 10. You've watched Artie Savia play a, a lot of rugby over the years, Nisbo, and develop along the way that he has. Uh, what, for you, is his uh, preferred position, uh, being, uh, bearing in mind, of course, he's at seven this weekend? I think that is his preferred position, Smithy, to be honest with you. But I, I think he's not reluctantly gone to number eight. But, um, you know, if he, if he was asked um, candidly, I'm sure he'd say seven because that's basically where he's played most of his first-class rugby right through from, uh, you know, through Wellington, Hurricanes and All Blacks. And, uh, and um, he sort of had to wait around, um, you know, in the Richie McCaw days, I guess. But Sam Kane is the accepted number seven. Sam's not there at the moment. And, um, yeah, they're just a little bit short of open side flankers. They're giving Dalton Popoligi a rest this week, which is fair enough. He's had a pretty heavy sort of a workload. And so Artie, I think, is uh, is going to be very happy that he finds himself at number seven. He's a, he's a natural number seven. He gets over the ball. He turns it over quickly. He's got extreme pace. He's a very good number eight. But I think if you asked him, he would probably say seven is where he prefers to play. Reassuring, I think, is the word uh, I, I think about now when I look at uh, Brody Retallick, of course, captain last weekend, and I think that was a wise choice because if ever there's a follow-me player in, the, in an all-black jersey, uh, it's Brody Retallick. But there were doubts in this, but there were reservations that perhaps Japan rugby hadn't been the best thing for him in terms of his great form, but uh, I think those questions might have been answered now. Yeah, I agree. He was a little bit slow to get uh, up to speed, Smithy. Um, you know, I, I know you had a quite a lengthy conversation at Eden Park with him and probably discussed that very thing. Um, and I, I think he probably found the pace um, coming back to New Zealand, playing international rugby, a little bit different uh, to Japan and also the physicality, I would imagine. But, look, he is an outstanding player. We all know that. In fact, when you're picking... 
your greatest All Black 15 of all time. A lot of people have got Brodie Retallick in there, and uh, you know he's right up there. He's right up there with the greats, and and uh, it was only a matter of time, I guess. He's, he's so many, so many um, multifaceted around the field, isn't he? Tackles. He runs with the ball. He seems to be in the right place at the right time. He's got leadership qualities. And um, it's hard to find any fault with him. And we're so damn lucky, you know, when you consider that uh, Sam Whitelock's not there at the moment, that combination is absolutely outstanding. And, um, you know, if we were picking a World Cup team, uh, a team to play in a World Cup final tomorrow, they'd be the two locks, which means, of course, that the likes of Scott Barrett and Patrick Tupelotu, who would make most international 15 starting lineups, they at the moment can't really get a look in. Ah, it's staggering. Uh, staggering when you look at it that way. Uh, you mentioned before the Springboks just don't look like they wanted to play uh, the kind of rugby the world wants to see them play. Uh, do you think they'll be better? I mean, they, they are uh, massive favourites. The Wallabies are at 310 tomorrow head to head. I think that's reasonable value, to be fair. Yeah, throw it in your multis. <laughs> um, Look, I was unimpressed with the Springboks. I mean, they've come off a tough series against the Lions. They should have been battle-hardened. Two test matches against Argentina, and they served up that rubbish last week, which basically was all about trying to win the set pieces and then kicking the ball and hoping like hell the opposition make a mistake. That was it. There was nothing else. Uh, the centres, the wingers, the fullback, they never came into it. It was uh, Andre Pollard, bang in the air, Let's hope they make a mistake and we'll capitalise. The only tries they scored were from rolling malls. Uh, that was it. Uh, they absolutely showed nothing. They've got to show a hell of a lot more. I, I really enjoyed the way the Wallabies played. And uh, you always get a good game of rugby when the All Blacks play the Wallabies because you've got two teams who have got a similar sort of mindset. They want to play the game. They want to score tries, etc., etc. Unfortunately, at the moment, when you play the Springboks or the Pumas, they seem to have a fairly negative mindset and uh, they try and grind it out. There's no reason why the Springboks should do that because they do have quality on their wings and in their centres, but at the moment, they just don't use them. Uh, Nisbo, we just had a text in from Trent who said, uh, ask Grant, Barrett or Mawonga? Barrett or Mawonga? <laughs> Look, that's going to be a hell of a decision for Ian Foster next week. Given that Richie Mawonga hasn't played, for what I guess it'll be a month or so, and the fact that he's uh, he's been as it were quarantined, I think I think Moanga starts with his nose in front. Um, his Super Rugby form was compelling, and uh, at the start of the international season, I think that he has uh, played really really well. Um, Barrett is coming up to speed. Whether he's got to his previous best yet is debatable. So, look, if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably go Richie Moonga. Okay, right. That's the definitive uh, for you, Trent. Hope you're happy with that. Nisbo, a couple of uh, sideline issues uh, away from what's happening at the moment. Uh, Paniki Rugby Club, you are a very proud member, a long-standing member of the Paniki Rugby Club. We've been doing this sort of thing, finding out about numbers in sport. How's Paniki looking in terms of the the development through to junior through to uh, their senior teams? Oh, look, not as good as... I mean, when I was there, Smithy, we probably had 10 or 12 teams, and I think we're probably down to about five now, but there wouldn't be too many clubs around Wellington anyway that's got many more than that. Um, look, it's all about it's all about uh, fostering the schoolboys and and the junior side of the club, and then the schoolboys, they're one of the best clubs in Wellington for, for doing that. Then you've got to hope that it filters through to when these kids start to leave school and, and look around at a club. 
uh, you know, they've got a Colts team. The, the club itself is in, is in very good heart. Um, and, of course, you always look for results on the field, and they haven't been great over the last few years, although they did win the Hardham Cup this year, which is kind of the second tier, I suppose. But, uh, look, club rugby is struggling. I think we all know that. Um, well, I can remember, the, you know, Upper Hutt used to be probably the strongest club in Wellington numerically, and they, um, way back in the sort of 60s and 70s, could have up to uh, 15, 16, 17, 18 uh, teams in their club. You know, they're probably like everybody else now, down to maybe five or six. So um, numerically struggling, um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, Smithy, but I just love to put the old gummies on on a Saturday afternoon if I can mm. and go and stand on the yep. sideline and watch it. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I know it's still one of your great passions, Nisbo. Um, uh, Twelves, uh, the Twelves. I haven't spoken to you since uh, the Twelves was mooted. Now, you know Steve Hansen pretty well, so Steve Hansen. I'm not sure he'd put his name to anything that didn't have a lot of teeth to it. So, uh, what do you what do you think of the prospects of Twelves? Oh, I don't know, Smithy. To be honest with you, I mean, there's so much rugby on at the moment that trying to fit another form of the game in. Um, it, it, I don't know whether there's room. You know, by the time you play. By the time you play, um, you know, super rugby and provincial rugby and club rugby and sevens and international rugby, where the hell do you fit this in? Um, am I being cynical and thinking this is a money-making exercise or am I <laughs> no. just overstepping the mark a wee bit there? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's money. Don't you worry about that. If it's anything like, and the IPL has been mentioned as well, if it's anything like the IPL, it's exactly what it's all about. So uh, we'll leave it at that. But there is an interesting... Uh, we've been asking people, uh, particularly those people that have been uh, affected by Level 4 for so long in Auckland, what their breakout meal would be. Now, for you, um, there's a market at the TAB, apparently, for Nisbo's favourite breakout meal. In other words, what he'd like to access away from home. So uh, here, I've, uh, I've got this market, and you can confirm or deny it if you like. Uh, fish and chips are $4.95. Chinese is seven dollars fifty. Curry, curry is eight dollars sixty-five. McDonald's nine dollars ninety. Burger King eleven dollars sixty-two, and KFC is a dollar one. Uh, can you confirm that market? <laughs> well, I tell you what, Smithy, down here in Wellington, and, and probably like you up there in, in Napier, KFC has been available for a couple of weeks, and I haven't ventured in. But I tell you oh. what. Um, I tell you what, a dollar two and firming is a visit to the green parrot. <laughs> oh, I love it. Absolutely love it, Nisbo, and I don't doubt that for a second. Congratulations. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, thanks for your time as always, mate. Uh, enjoy the weekend of rugby, and there's plenty of it for us to digest. Thank you. Good on you, Smithy. Yeah, cheers, man. 9.20 a.m. here on SCNZ. Loves this KFC, but loves the Green Parrot. And if you haven't been there um, and your trips to Wellington, your boys' trips or whatever, Green Parrot, really worth a visit. Won't leave hungry. I can promise you that.